Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 10 of Soul Food titled Servitude. In this episode, we're going to talk about what it means to realize servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're going to talk about where will you find Allah Jalla Jalalu. And finally, we'll talk about Allah's supreme self sufficiency. So, our goal on the spiritual path, this entire endeavor of refining our souls and working on our hearts, is to be able to realize our servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to remove all of the veils so that we can witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and actualize our worship and devotion and servitude to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the purpose for which we were created. And when we realize this and achieve this, we find meaning and honor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I only created jinn and mankind for them to worship me. So this is the purpose for which we were created. And when we realize and fulfill that purpose, we find peace and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevates us and honors us. In this beautiful book, Miftahu Sara'ir, The Key to Inner Secrets, the next chapter is titled Babun fil Ubudiyah, On Servitude. As Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salim, عنه, he then says, Know, O servant who is characterized by servitude and who acknowledges his bondage, lowliness, and brokenness before the overpowering sovereign, that one of the ways that we realize our servitude is knowing that we belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the possessor of all perfections and that we have shortcomings and flaws and limitations and that we are not able to give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He truly deserves and that we acknowledge that and confess that before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when we do that, we're actually realizing our servitude. The shaykh here is telling us that we should fulfill Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rights upon us to the best of our ability. But that giving Allah what He deserves is not possible. We cannot do that. That we try our best, but praising Allah, worshiping Allah as He deserves, we're not able to do that. And our recognition of that increases us in brokenness and lowliness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which helps us realize our servitude. And the greatest of all servants and the best of all creation, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, he said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, actualizing this servitude and confessing the inability to truly praise Allah as is His due, he said, لا أحصي ثناء عليك. I am not able to encompass your praise. 
You are as you have praised yourself. So in reality, the only one who knows what Allah is deserving of is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the greatest of all creation, the one who has been elevated to the highest degrees of servitude, is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And even he confesses that Allah is deserving of more. So this brings us to the next point. Where will you find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? As Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salam continues and he says, One of the prophets, peace be upon them all, asked his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, Where will I find you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, You will find me with those whose hearts are broken for my sake. As Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salam then says, These are the true servants. So what does it mean that their hearts are broken for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake? It means that they feel and realize their own deficiency in fulfilling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rights. So they feel like a sense of shame before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they're humble before Him. These are the true servants, is realizing that, Ya Allah, I want to worship you to the best of my ability. I want to give you what you are deserving of, but I fall short. I'm not able to do that and gives us a sense of brokenness in our hearts, not in a negative sense, but in a way that helps us realize our need of Allah, His favors upon us, and that we could never give Him what He truly deserves, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we continue in this state, of brokenness before Allah and realizing that He continuously deserves more and we continue to devote ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something amazing happens. And scholars call it the prostration of the heart. The prostration of the heart. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses you with a prostration of the heart where your heart goes into sujood, the heart never comes back up from that sujood that the heart remains in a state of sujood, prostration, before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the great imams of Islam, Shaykh al-Sha'rani, he asked his shaykh, his teacher, Shaykh Ali al-Khawas, he said, how, for how long is a person in danger of sins and misdeeds? How long does a person remain in that state? In other words, when is a person safe from those sins and misdeeds? And his shaykh replied, until he is given the prostration of the heart. That he is always in a state of danger, and even then, the people who are given that prostration of the heart, they never feel safe. But it is a transformative moment. It is something that when Allah blesses a person with that, something changes inside of them. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us this prostration of the heart. Our bodies go into sujood all the time. But when has our heart ever gone into sujood? Witnessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beauty and bowing before Him and devoting itself to Him entirely. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that. The next point the Shaykh mentions is also very important about humility and servitude. He says, the disobedient person who expresses his need of Allah is closer to forgiveness than the obedient person 
who is arrogant and feels safe from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Isn't that beautiful? That the disobedient person who recognizes and expresses his need of Allah, Ya Allah, I made mistakes and I need your mercy, I need your forgiveness, I need your grace, is closer to forgiveness than someone who says, look what I've done, I prayed and I did all of these things. Because in reality, that's the state of Iblis, that's the state of the devil. He thought all those things about himself. So the one who is humble and broken before Allah is in a better state. And Imam Ibn Atta'la al-Sakandari, the great Imam, he said in his Hikam, his famous book of wisdoms, he said, Perhaps a sin that bequeaths humiliation and extreme need of Allah is better than an act of obedience that bequeaths pride and arrogance. That that sin that puts a person, it doesn't mean that the sin is good, but that the person's state of heart, if that sin breaks them and makes them feel a sense of shame and remorse and need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is a better state than someone who feels that they are arrogant and proud and that they're perfect and they have no room for improvement. So this then brings us to the final point, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's supreme self-sufficiency. Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salam says, our good deeds do not benefit Allah. And this is important for people to understand and realize because sometimes people get confused and they don't understand the commandments that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed and that has made an obligation upon us. And they say, why does Allah want this from us? What does Allah need from us? Allah needs nothing from us. Our good deeds do not benefit Allah and our sins do not harm Him. But in reality, they benefit us. Good deeds benefit us and sins harm us. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, I never saw anything good except that I guided you to it. And whenever I saw anything harmful, I warned you of it. So all of the things that Allah has commanded us to do, they benefit us immensely in this life and in the next. And the things that are forbidden harm us immensely in this life and in the next. And a Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salam then mentions a hadith that's from Sahih Muslim. عن أبي ذر رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما روى عن الله تبارك وتعالى أنه قال This is known as a hadith Qudsi that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم conveyed what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said and Allah said يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أتقى قلب رجل واحد منكم Allah, the blessed and exalted, said, My servants, if the first of you and the last of you, your mankind and jinn, all had the heart of the most pious man among you, that would not add anything to my dominion. If all of humanity and all the jinn, from the beginning of time until the end of time, all were people who were the most righteous, that they all had the righteousness of the most pious person, that would not increase anything with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hadith goes on. Allah says, Ya ibadi, 
لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أفجر قلب رجل واحد ما نقص ذلك من ملك شيئا My servants, if the first of you and the last of you, your mankind and jinn, all had the heart of the most corrupt man among you, that would not take anything away from my dominion. يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم قاموا في صعيد واحد فسألوني فأعطيت كل إنسان مسألته ما نقص ذلك مما عندي إلا كما ينقص المخيط المخيط إذا أدخل البحر My servants if the first of you and the last of you your mankind and jinn all stood on one plane and asked me and I gave each person their request Allah gave everyone everything they ever asked for that would only take from what I have as much as a needle takes when dipped into the ocean which is in reality nothing that's just a way for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us an analogy to understand a needle takes nothing away from the ocean if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave all of creation everything they could possibly ask for it would not decrease from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. So what does this teach us? It teaches us that we have to know that we are His servants and He is our Lord. And that the righteous, they realize their servitude in being humble towards creation and not harming others, even in terms of making dua against other people. There was once a, a righteous man who was harmed by a particular individual. So he decided eventually, you know, I'm going to make dua against this person. They've harmed me and slandered me and backbit me and did all of these things. I'm going to make dua against them. And then all of a sudden that evening, his sheikh called him. And he didn't used to call him regularly, so it was strange. So when he picked up the phone, his sheikh said to him, the elect servants of Allah, the awliya, they reach higher degrees. They consider it a great deed that you find ways to make those who harm you enter paradise. That the great awliya, they find ways to make those who harm them enter paradise. They see that as a way of drawing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and one of the great acts that goes against the nafs. And then the sheikh hung up the phone. So then he said, okay, I'm not going to make dua against the man who harmed me, but rather I'm going to make dua for him. So part of servitude is humility and not being arrogant towards other and realizing our need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that brings us to the call to action. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to realize you in servitude, to grant you ubudiyah to give you the reality of ubudiyah and in your prayer, in your dua, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you sujood al-qalb, to grant you a prostration of the heart. For if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants you that, then your heart will never come up from that position and great doors of goodness will open for you and for all of us, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala. We ask Allah to gaze upon us in these blessed nights and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to realize our servitude and that He grants us a gaze of His love. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. 
To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm or search for Soul Food in your favorite podcast player. And while you're there, take a minute to leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show. Oh, <laughs>